and welcome to the first ever episode of Anything and Everything. I'm Sabrina, and I'm joined here by my lovely co-hosts, Tom and Stephen. Hello there. Hey there. Today we'll be talking about Game of Thrones with all the ups and downs over the past decade. So, the season finale aired last night. Yes, it what did. What was everyone's thoughts? Wow. Um, it's First of all, I guess it's pretty crazy just to think that this, this show has reached its natural conclusion and that we're at the end <laughs> yeah well um, yeah. besides the fact that obviously there are a lot of people talking about the show and you know, giving different opinions you know whether they think it's good or bad or dreadful or whatever mm. um just the fact that eight seasons of such an epic show is quite a cinematic achievement in my opinion at least despite i've got my own views on on the character arcs and whatever mm-hmm. just the fact that this show has come to a conclusion after being in the the public consciousness for so long is really impressive yeah i think one of the big things that we kind of have to start with is just um we'll 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 kind of get into the nitty-gritty stuff as we go along but first of all just isn't it amazing that the show just happened like if if someone was to say that there was a a hundred million dollar season television show that spanned for almost a decade (laughs) that was fantasy high concept had dragons um Mm. witchcraft like yeah all sorts of stuff all kinds uh, of fantasy elements one of the good things with the show as well is it actually did end because i mean that that sounds really like bad but you know how there Mm. are so many shows where um, supernatural where they go for like 15 seasons yeah, and it's just bad, shit there's nothing worse than when a show outstays its welcome I think and I think mm. there's so many examples of good shows that knew exactly when to end something like Avatar The Last Airbender comes to mm-hmm. mind mm-hmm. Um, and I think that this was kind of we're in the right time period where Game of Thrones was reaching its conclusion. Well, I think so. I mean, I'm definitely of the opinion that we could have done with at least one more season of character development definitely, to definitely. reach the end that we got because the ending was approved by George or George R. R. Martin, I should say, the, oh, yeah. the author yeah. of the books. Um, and that was the ending that was pitched to the writers upon the first season, them mm. writing the first season. It's like, we need to end up, um, spoilers, uh, with Bran as king <laughs> and Tyrion as hand and Sansa as queen in the north. Um, those three points and John killing Daenerys, obviously big, big spoilers. Um, we, uh, yeah, they need that. That end point has always been in mind. And I think that's hard for people to remember without the books as a guide. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree that there should have been, or in an ideal world, I would have liked a lot more character development because, yes. I mean, you guys have heard me ranting about <laughs> this over the last like little while yeah. about how I'm so angry that so many character arcs were just thrown out the window yeah, in this last season. Like Brand, yeah. <laughs> Brand yeah. just, just, yeah. He came I, out I, of nowhere. Like, where did that come well, from? I no. more meant, meant literally like Bran was thrown out the window, but yeah. Oh, oh right. Yes, <laughs> that sorry. Was That's right. That works too. Yeah, I think the thing about Bran is, is that he was always destined to be on mm. the throne, but the last three seasons, he's just been placed on the back burner. Since he, I think since his training with um blood raven mm. three-eyed raven ended he's really been sort of cast aside yeah and, i think yeah. i just really wish that there would have been like a little bit of foreshadowing because through the whole series there's been like oh john's the chosen one or oh, he's yeah. gonna kill the the night king or oh, he's gonna sit on the iron Daenerys throne is the, the, the ruler yes Daenerys is the, the beloved but there was, there was of none of that and i mean especially <clears throat> like if that had been the ending that was pitched i'm kind of annoyed that they hadn't thought about actually setting yes. it up for the fans for because sure. i would totally would have been okay with it if I had have had that thought in my brain that oh yeah, Brian's gonna end up. Yeah, see, I think I think there's a very crucial moment in Game of Thrones where we 
we left what Game of Thrones started as and kind of transitioned into this this all-encompassing mega beast that it became, which is around mm. season five, as soon as kind of when they started going off books. Yeah. yeah. And um, the show was always, to me at least, the great thing about it was it wasn't like a normal television show where the characters, things were plotted out and we would see over the course of a season um, foreshadowing and kind of plants and payoffs. This show was always about reactionary stuff. It made the plot way more interesting. So mm. um, characters would react to what other characters were doing, but we would never really get hints at what's to come. So something like Ned Stark's death or the Red Wedding was yeah. was very shocking to us because yes. um, not only was it... Like the hints were there in a way, but it's not like a traditional show where it would plant mm. something yeah. and then pay it off. It was more about characters just instinctively yeah, reacting. Was, and then was... the show became that in the later seasons. It became this kind of plant mm. and payoff, very generic, um, very generic designed show. But it became... Mm the very thing that it tried to subvert right so it was it was very much a denial of tropes in the first four seasons uh, you 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 could you could throw anybody could die at any moment anybody could could develop in it in a, in a very different mm. way and i think and it's become very apparent in season eight that that has changed i've been on the record as a critic of the show in the direction since about season five mm. um and i know that that was quite an unpopular opinion for a long time now it seems that with each successive season, more and more people have jumped on the bandwagon of, wow, the show is really crap without the books to guide them. Yeah, no, I definitely, I don't know, because I remember when I first started watching, I think someone told me that it's supposed to be more about what would have actually happened back then. Like they wouldn't have, as you said, there wouldn't be foreshadowing in real life. There would be, oh shit, this person's died. So are we swearing? We can yeah. swear. Okay, cool. We can swear. <laughs> it's explicit now. Um, this is sorry. an explicit warning, um, children. This is an explicit <laughs> podcast. Um, yeah, like, oh shit, someone's died. But, like, you know, there, there wouldn't be any of that warning. But as you said, like, the last couple of seasons, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's not been <clears throat> truthful to what it wanted to be as a show. Yeah. And, I, I, yeah, I think we've kind of, um, we've, I don't want to pigeonhole us here as well because mm. in in my opinion I think it does a lot of things right still it's just a very oh, yeah. different show of course. and I, yes. I, and there isn't there isn't any right or wrong way to make a show it's just that I think that a lot of the, the reason why we're getting a lot of backlash with a lot of these fans at the moment is because it has undoubtedly betrayed kind of what it was at the start and has become mm. over time a very different show mm. I think as and well, a lot of people don't like that especially in this last season I think I wouldn't have a problem with it being a bit more of like a foreshadowy show if they committed to it like yeah, if yeah. you know if expectations changed and they were like okay you know we're gonna start doing a little bit more of like um you know like a supernatural type thing then i think it would have been okay um i would have been okay with the ending but because there was no foreshadowing and i'd kind of been expecting it I was just a little angry. <laughs> yeah, that's understandable. I mean, we kind of have been focusing on the negatives. I do think that there are some positives definitely, to take definitely. out of um, this season. Mm -hmm. And look, this is not the weakest season. It's definitely mm. up there. Um, but I just, yeah, as I said at the beginning, that the fact that the scope of this entire saga has concluded is is a good thing and and the fact that we can now move on in mm. the sort of uh, fantasy genre from game of thrones really being the king of fantasy mm -hmm. at this point to kind of use a clever play on words um <laughs> you know it sat upon the proverbial iron throne of fantasy <laughs> and was for, for about 20 years for, like yeah, realistically yeah. 96 when yeah when he first when the game of thrones came out for the exploded first time. in popularity and then the show has launched that into the absolute stratosphere of 
popular culture. It's, um, it's quite unbelievable the reach of fantasy with this show. Like people generally don't come to watch fantasy shows, <laughs> um, and for this show to have the success that it's had, I think is really like groundbreaking for the genre as itself. I know a lot of people see it more as a drama, but at heart, it really and you know the show is about in essence the drama that happens through the fantasy but at the same time it is a fantasy show and it's getting like 40 million plus views sure. <laughs> every week yeah. it's it's crazy yeah. so in if i can ask you both out mm-hmm. of curiosity um in one sentence how would you describe your thoughts on season eight honestly um i don't know you don't know <laughs> like it was such a mixed bag like there were yes. moments i was so 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 happy so pleased mm. and then there were other moments where i just felt like i was left unsatisfied with like promises unfulfilled yeah you know like i at the start of the season i was so happy because daenerys was like kind of nice and i was like it was cute and, and then you're a big daenerys fan i i don't know if i am because yeah, i i have very mixed feelings about daenerys okay um, I think I love Amelia Clark, and I right. think that's clouding my emotions. Um, <laughs> Maybe you pr- project your love for her onto Daenerys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but with the show, like, I don't know. I was like, the ending was pleasing in that the Starks got a good kind good of send off. There was a bit of like, you know, the full circle thing, and I was pleased when <laughs> John actually killed Daenerys, and it wasn't someone yes. else like Arya yes. just coming in. And that would have been cheap. Giving her both the Night King and yes. Daenerys yeah. would have just felt like, wow, this character, she is literally unstoppable. Yeah. And nothing yeah. can. And Arya is probably my least favorite character at this point, controversially speaking. <laughs> I think the only real issue that I have with Arya, I, I like her as a character, and especially in the in the very later seasons, I think she's been way better. Mm. My issue with Arya came in in like season five, six, when she was in the in Bravos, and yeah. Um, yeah, I just think that they absolutely got well, that, that storyline wrong, and it was boring. The weakest storyline i think yeah. across mm. all eight seasons like even the night kings like complete neutering in season eight like <laughs> that is still a stronger storyline than our bravos yeah. um yeah. yeah unfortunately she didn't get the justice that she kind of deserved as a character i think that Maisie williams's portrayal of aya is um is very good She's and i think that um, it's part it's partly why she is so favorite with why she is such a favorite character of the fans yeah. mm. like don't get me wrong i like Maisie williams i've seen a bunch of her other work mm. um and she's exploded in popularity because of game of thrones definitely and she does what she can do as a great actress with the scripts and the writing that she's given mm. i just think that i just yeah just that totally undeserved night king kill absolutely i just i mean it comes back to the whole like, promise where mm. it's like john was supposed to be the one to kill him for sure and what's he doing he's screaming at a dragon well i, I don't mind like, john not being the one to kill the night king mm. i think subverting our expectations but giving it to somebody who's earned it and i think that there are really in my opinion i've been thinking about this a lot mm. there are three candidates i think that properly earned the kill for the night king one being john obviously mm-hmm. two yep. being daenerys obviously quite obviously as well yes and three being theon i have mm. loved theon from the very moment he burnt rob's letter uh, mm. his letter to rob pardon about his father captured winterfell and then went on a redemption arc from there mm-hmm. you know going through what he went through with ramsey Ramsey yep. Snow at that point, who later became Ramsey Bolton. Yeah, so I guess how I see season eight, um, and how I would describe it is the word I would probably use is content. Mm-hmm. I feel I feel like 
like I got all the endings that I wanted, um, even if the way that we got there wasn't as conventional as I'd like it to be and wasn't as, as plotted out or as, as times well. I think that where the kind of uh, the dice landed, I'm happy. And I think that mm-hmm. I'm glad that it came back to the Starks in the end. I think mm-hmm. that Daenerys' storyline, in my opinion, um, was very good. And I was very happy to kind of where the direction went with that. Um, and I think that also we got some surprises. I'm, I'm the, the best part about Game of Thrones to me is always kind of how they subvert our, our true, ideas. And, and I, it's always been about kind of how they can how they can shape what we're seeing and make it different and, you know, not give us the, the happy ending that we want. You know, the John and Daenerys mm. getting married on the throne. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we it was still the ending was still a bit too happy for my liking, and it's always been advertised by George R. R. Martin quite famous famously as a bittersweet ending. He's mm. on record constantly as saying Lord of the Rings, which is his greatest inspiration mm. for Song of Ice and Fire, had too much of a happy ending. Yeah. Um, this feels very bittersweet to me, though. I feel like, like I feel like every character is kind of they're where they they've been through so much. Like I feel like it's kind of they're living with this with this constant reminder of um, what they've been through. And I think that, that I think that the Starks were always going to make it alive. I think they are the survivors of the show sort of thing. They, yes. I think the, definitely even to. John's ending, I think was quite bittersweet because yes. he kind of, he had right. that big hero moment. And then um, I saw a, a meme that was <laughs> like, meme. yeah, about um, the quote, love is the death of duty love and is duty death. is the death of yes. love. Oh, and it was a picture of, that him and Egret, which is like love is the death of Judy yes. and then Judy is the death of love with him and with, Daenerys, with him and Daenerys. Yeah. which is like it's, right. you know, it's nice. real sad and having, ha- yeah, and having him go back to the Night's Watch and yeah. kind of completing to, that circle yeah, almost, and have to yeah. deal with shoot I've like killed the love of my life yes. and now I'm twice well, twice twice, twice yeah. the love of my life's died you in my know, arms like. yeah. and I had you know I could have been happy so I guess but I had to in terms of John's yeah. relationship then mm. are you more of a Egret fan or more Ooh. of a Danny fan in well he's actually I mean, married to the actress yeah, who plays Egret he is yeah. married to Rose Leslie but not in terms of their in terms of their actors in real life or in terms of their characters in the show but in terms as a romantic foil and fit for John as a character Daenerys or Egret Egret that's for me I think that <laughs> I'm honestly not sure I think part of me is wanting to say John and Daenerys at the start of this season just because it's the most recent and that's what my brain jumps to okay um but also like I really liked Ygritte I, I, I just I, don't think that Kit Harrington and Amelia Clark have good chemistry I I, 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 I just every time I see yeah. them together I just don't buy I think that they're they're so John just looks so different. terrified Whenever there's this um, there's him. this video of Amelia Clark like retching like like dry heaving after kissing John. Oh god! <laughs> Is it for the first time? That's or something? a great or? reaction. No, it was it, it was the one in front of Drogon where he's just like looking. Oh wow! No, oh, yeah. that one. Yeah. That was such an awkward moment, played for such a weird laugh. Yeah. Season eight has been almost like they've been leaning more towards humor. Well, the, the, the Game of Thrones, Game yeah. of Thrones in the later seasons has always had this um, meta kind of yeah. feel where they they like to joke around with the fans they like to kind of um like something like the the Tormund and Brienne storyline probably oh went for too long it probably oh. it became no, it, it, it. it grew into something <laughs> that it kind of it started off as a joke and then it kind of grew into something it was funny initially and yeah. then when they played that weird bit where they almost had that like do you remember that really controversial Gillette advert that was a few oh, months yeah, back about the how the best the man can get yeah the best yeah. man can get that moment where 
Jamie puts his hand on Torment uh, when he's going to go follow. <laughs> yeah. Reminded oh. me of that moment. Of that that advert. Advert. <laughs> and that's all I was thinking about when I was watching that scene. And then Torment chugging giant's milk. Oh and milk don't get me wrong. All those moments for me landed comedically. I found them each funny. Mm. Just when you look at them as a collective... Um, yeah, they did kind have of, a lot of power. Yeah, yeah, it, it's 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 funnier the first time. It's kind of like a lot of the bronze stuff in the later seasons. Like I laugh every time, yeah. but when you really think overall, you're like, man, did we really need like another three bronze jokes, or could have we seen something Bron a bit more important? Was a character very um, Bron was symptomatic, I think, of Dan and Dave's creative vision for the show being quite different to George R. R. Martin's creative vision mm. for the books. Bron was an incidental minor character in the first book. Um, yep. Or did he cross over into the second? I'm not quite sure. I, I don't, my memory's kind of, I think it was just the first book. Bron was, and rightly so as a fan favourite, was probably promoted to a position of more screen time than he got in the book. Mm. Um, but that sort of started to happen with more characters and more storylines and characters that dan and dave aren't necessarily interested in <coughs> stannis um <laughs> being um given terrible endings and terrible plot lines and mm. characters that they like being given far more attention and screen time being elevated above kind exactly. of their status and yeah incidentally like carl drogo and bron come to mind as two characters that yeah. were elevated above their importance yeah in the books well i suppose carl drogo carl drogo fits because uh, we kind of needed yeah. someone to play off daenerys and yeah once we lost viserys it just it just i think the parallels between danny and carl drogo and john and egret yeah uh, are supposed to play off each other it just i preferred the john and egret just because we got more time with them i think that's i think that's a real crux of a lot of the problems in the most recent series is we didn't have time no. like i really think that we should have had um, a full season, of a 10 full episodes. season, and like maybe have five episodes with the Night King and five with. And the I think flip them. I think do the Night King last. Nah, nah, no, no, I disagree. No, I, I really think it had the to be the Night King yeah. done and then move on because the Night King has always been the much. less interesting part of the story to me. I've just, I've just wanted to get him out the way. I think we really should have realistically got rid of him and, last and season. That's, that's a real mm. shame, in my opinion, yeah. because the, the the show in the books. The, the, we established the White Walkers in the first scene. Mm. Doesn't make it good though. <laughs> like, um, necessarily. I, but that's not the fault of the idea of the Night King. That's the fault of the writing. To mm. to be fair, yes, but also even in the books, it's my least interesting aspect. So like, it's kind of not yeah. what I, I don't come for the zombie storyline. Okay. I come for the kind of the political drama, the stuff that centers around Cersei and you know the 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 characters that are the you know the cripples bastards and broken things yeah I, I get that and I love that as much yeah. as the next person but the the mystique and the mystery of the unknown uh, portions of the books and the show is what has interested me so the yeah that's fair um the the um alluded to uh, landmass connection between Essos and Westeros in the books where mm. it's sort of like what is beyond the lands of always winter does it loop back around to Essos that's my favorite theory of all time yeah and the fact that the show didn't touch on it at all is kind of heartbreaking yeah, yeah I, I guess we're never going to get all that stuff like in in like in a television show, show yeah. where you know they're, we, they're limited to kind of what they yeah. can do um i'm pretty sure george will eventually get to all these kind of things yeah. and will be proved and they, they even spoke about it in fire and blood a little bit the yeah. book of fire and blood i know Stephen and i have both read that yeah. um awesome when, book. uh what was that character's <laughs> name that um the with the the uh what was her name she stole the three dragon eggs which were um hinted and um sort of uh, obviously hundreds of years in the timeline before the show started but they were very much hinted at being Daenerys' eggs that this um, oh. character stole 
Alrighty, um, so let's move away from season eight and let's just go with like favourite characters, favourite yes. arcs for the whole series. For the whole series. So do you want to start, Tom? I definitely can. I've got two. Uh, one, I also have one two. One from the books <laughs> and one from the show. Oh. So from the show, if you'd have asked me before season eight aired, mm-hmm. my favourite character arc would have been Jamie Lannister, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he's still up there. But this season, and this is one of the things that I have loved about season eight. There's not many things that I've loved about season eight, but this is one of them. And that's Theon's redemption. Mm-hmm. Apart from his stupid charge towards the Night King, if he would have stood his ground <laughs> and been like killed by the Night King in single combat, that would have been fine. Um, he did a weird charge, but it still doesn't really diminish his character development. So in yeah. this show, my favorite character and developmental arc is definitely Theon. And in the books, it's been Stannis. Um, mm-hmm. Stannis was obviously very poorly served by the show. That's mm-hmm. been widely well Agreed. documented. Um, but in the in the books, he's very much the ideal king, mm-hmm. um, in the sense that he has um, an inkling of Ned Stark's honor. He has the birthright. He's in his prime, as Davos <laughs> says. He's a tried and tested battle commander. Um, mm-hmm. And he's just yeah, he's one of the more compelling and interesting characters in the books. Mm-hmm. Um, and if if they kill him in the books, I won't be too sad, but I know that they'll do it, or, or George will do it, in a way that was far more satisfying than the show. Mm. And I think he definitely will defeat the Boltons at Winterfell, and he probably will sacrifice his, his wife instead of his daughter. Mm. Something like that. Anyway, he, he, he is queued up to make a sacrifice in the books, yep. but not in the way that they did it in the show, where he just did it to change the weather which yeah. was really weird and oh, then it was like off. but then it's like a few weeks later John's outside Winterfell and it's like fine it's like grassy and muddy and stuff so mm. it really made no sense and that's not a fault of the character again it's a fault of the writing so mm-hmm. um, those are my two favourites happy to get into it but I think we probably want to hear from Stephen as to his favourite yeah um, I think you've put some some great contenders forward um, Stannis is in the books a massive favourite of mine as well yeah um, can't say the same for the show unfortunately um, though yeah. Though, he, though his seasons. themes are great, he, he, he's yes. always had great music to accompany him. Oh, for sure. Um, <laughs> my my favorite character has and always will be Jamie Lannister. Yeah. Um, I've been very compelled by his story the entire time. Um, I'm one of probably the few that actually thinks that I kind of like the twist on his character arc in season eight. Um, the idea that can a man ever really change? Um, and th- this kind of a yeah this, yeah, this kind of like denial of, of of this hero's arc, which kind of been would have been a little bit boring in hindsight. Though, ideally, it would have been what I wanted. But mm. having him come back to Cersei, you know, and exit the world as they entered the world together is quite yeah, it's quite powerful in my opinion. He, he definitely should have died with Cersei, yeah. but I think he should have been the one to kill. Cersei. Yeah, that's I re- I'd really hoped that he was gonna go back to kill her yes. and not to just kind of completely ignore the entire character growth that happened I'm with you Sabrina on that it. one yeah yeah no and, and that's yeah. totally fair like you guys mm. totally valid in your opinions with that like 100% mm. like totally I love fine. Jamie I just... He's, he was my favourite character up until season 8 100% mm-hmm. was on board with the Jamie train from season 1 um and his character growth I just wish they tweaked that ever so slightly I just I just mm. like that he that he's because a character needs to have a good weakness and I like that his weakness was always Cersei and that mm. the fault of the Lannisters has always been that they love their family too much. They're yes. very Stark-like in that way. And this brings yeah. me on to my second character, who is my favourite character of the show, who probably, if he was still around, would still be my favourite character over Jamie, which is Tywin Lannister. Oh. 
and yes. I think that Charles Dance's portrayal of Tywin Lannister will go down as one of the all-time great TV- mm-hmm. television performances yeah. from his first scene to his last scene just always inspiring like epicness and like you just can't take your eyes off him yeah. and when he's when he when he's in a scene he commands it he dominates yeah. it and um, I love the fact that you can literally see the difference between Cersei and Jamie when they're when they're away from him and when they're with him, yes. they act like children. Yeah. They they yeah. they just want to assert their dominance and they can't. The and he's, he always overpowers them on screen. Whenever mm. he's on screen, and whenever he's on page in the books as well, he has a slightly less. I think um, one of the few things that the show did better than the books was Tywin. Um, although it was done fantastically in the books, just Charles Dance just owns that. Role. He elevates that that character too. I mean, obviously Tywin is an integral part of the story of yes, not only of Ice well, and Fire, yeah. but also of like Robert's Rebellion mm-hmm. and everything that came before. Yes. But just in the show, he he he's really is the the king behind kind of the scenes. He's, and he's the king who never wore a. He's crown. the king who never wore a crown exactly, Absolutely. and he he rules he's ruled the kingdom. And I actually think if you look at a lot of things that happened, a lot of Cersei's failings in the later season definitely wouldn't have happened if Tywin was around Tywin, was Tywin would yeah. not have let that religious shit float at all oh, he, <laughs> would have, he would have stamped on it he would have sent Tom into his room and just yeah. taken control exactly and um, but instead we had Kevin probably a Lannister. good chance that Tommen would have become a good king under Tywin as well yeah. which oh, is something that I think yeah. would have been possible I think yeah. I think yeah Tommen had such promise I just loved yeah. him he was such a little cutie yeah um, and a lot of people <laughs> a lot of people hate on him for kind of being this being kind of weak. weak king but um, yeah. I, I kind of like yeah. I think it was a really nice change from like the brattiness of Joffrey and refreshing it was, yeah. yeah it was he's really a child nice. at the end of the day I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't bratty is not a word I would use to describe Joffrey yeah I would say entitled <laughs> vindictive yeah vindictive yes, yeah that's a better so, word yeah. definitely. He's, he's very much his mother Oh my god! Oh yeah, yeah. but Cersei's yeah. more refined in her cruelty. Yeah, um, I think also just before we quickly leave this, I think that Cersei deserves a shout in the best character list oh as well. Oh my god! And I think Lena Headey, Lena Headey has just she did so well. She has mm-hmm. put together one of yeah. the all-time great female you can see characters. See why she got paid a million per episode? <laughs> yeah, to drink wine, oh and gosh. you know what? She yeah. can fucking deserve every cent of that. Yeah. 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 But like, I think the entire Lannister family are contenders for the best characters, like Jaime, yeah. Tyrion, Cersei, Tywin. Like all mm. of them are contenders. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I mean, I love the Lannisters as well, but I think my favorite character is. I don't know. I mean, I love all of them. I think. I think a lot of there were a lot of strong characters in the show. I think there definitely weren't some not so strong characters. Yes. But I. I don't know. I kind of. I think if I'm really to choose just one, I think I would choose Sansa. Sansa. Yeah, Sansa's I a great know. choice. But I just, I mean, I did not like her in the early seasons because she was like weak and she was like every other girl, which is like, I just want Spoiled a boyfriend. rich girl, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just, I really liked her growth and how strong she got and how, how strong she was at the yes. end. I don't like her comment that she did to about Bran, which is like, he kind of kids. It's like, as it's if like, that's like, like yeah, thanks like, for reminding everyone that I'm impotent, sis. Yeah, it was like, uh, and, and Sansa yeah, says just, like, um, it sounded very like petty. Um, I and I, I almost wanted her to be like, but he can't have kids. Make me queen. Yes. I, like I almost queen. wanted that to happen. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I just, I really like kind of how, especially with Daenerys, how she never really trusted her. Yeah, and never really backed down. Like, she was always very strong. She stayed very true. Like, the best thing about yeah. Sansa, I feel like, is that 
in my opinion, she learned her lessons are so damn well portrayed in the show. Yeah. I think that she has a dull bit in the middle, as a lot yes. of the characters yeah. do. Though, however, her start and her finish are so strong. And that's just season yeah. five being season five, right? Exactly. <laughs> that, that's really that's really yeah. what it is. Um, yeah. But the thing with Sansa is that she, you know, when she goes to King's Landing, she idolizes the likes of Jamie for being kind of the handsome um, yeah. prince, and yeah. uh, sorry, and Joffrey, the, the handsome even, and Joffrey yeah. for yeah. being the. Yeah. And then she learns that kind of the people that she was fearful of, Tyrion and the Hound, are actually the two people who played prominent parts in her life and who were actually the good people. And the two people that she she loves until the end, right? Yeah, Yeah. and and if you think about her mentors, a lot of people say that, oh, did Sansa really uh, earn this kind of like... um, smartness and like political strength I think she did because if you if you really sit there and look at who taught her her lessons it's Cersei and Littlefinger two of the smartest players in the game I mean Marjorie as well to an extent which I really liked her as a character I thought thought she um, added an interesting dynamic to the whole like Sansa Cersei Joffrey Mm. thing and I really liked her as kind of the big sister for Sansa to in be a, like in a that way, protecting yes, yes. Big, almost big sister who steals your ex boyfriend. Well, yeah. But <laughs> she, what I mean, what works great with Mar- yes. yes. What works great with Marjorie though was that the fact that she was this kind of this character almost from this fantasy land. Like yeah. she came out of nowhere and it was like, oh yeah, we actually have a good queen. Like we actually yes. have a chance of someone right. who could mm. who could do good. She's, and she's got the whole, she's got the brains, the looks, and the love of the common people I right. think what Lady Olenna says to Daenerys in season 7 is that nobody was more beloved than, than my, my granddaughter Pro- and probably look what happened nobody to her. more deserving to be queen than Definitely. Marjorie because yeah but obviously that didn't work out didn't yeah. pan out yeah um, just, also shout out I'm to Olenna yeah shout out to Olenna Tyrell um, alright let's just quickly go on to like our favourite moments or the favourite episodes or seasons okay. real quick do you want to start? No. No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need time to think. Interesting. Um, okay, well, look, i I got to say my favourite season is a tie between season one and season four. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I think, season four is probably where one production quality was high. It was, they had a higher budget and acting was on point. Tywin at his absolute best. Mm-hmm. Tyrion at his best. Um, Jon Snow at his best. Um, uh, that was the season where he became Lord Commander. Yeah, it was, yep. and where he yeah. fought back yep. the Wildlings. Uh, yep, yep, and ha- hard, ho- hard Home as well was season Hard five. Home was season five. That's right, yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, season four, um, just for character development and um, budget quality, just, mm. you know, before everything went, went down in season five. Mm. Um, Favourite episode is probably Battle of the Black Water, just for the visual spectacle in season two. Mm. Um, and that really s- was the start, I think, of Tyrion's arc around um, moving and, and becoming a, a, a capable leader and not, you know, drinking and, and whoring all day and, and yep. seeing his, you know, his brush with death on the battlefield and him realizing, I think, for the first time that Cersei doesn't just dislike him, she legitimately wants him dead. Yeah. Um, was compelling and that was the fantastic start for Tyrion's arc and obviously mm-hmm. him losing his Hand of the King status after he saved the the, the city mm. all your worthless lives oh <laughs> yes yes oh and Peter Dinklage just is in, in incredible in, in, oh, I, I in that episode it's, it's, yeah, specifically in season 4 Peter Dinklage really brings his A game yes, I would yes. say that season 4 is my favourite season of the show as well though I would also give a good shout out to um, season 3 which I feel like is such a great building block season. I think that everything that kind of pays off in season four is placed down in yeah. season three. Mm. Um, in terms of favorite moments of the show, I mean, 
I mean, there's obviously the big moments like the red wedding and stuff. I'm going to kind of talk more about two smaller moments, which I think are just brilliant. Um, one is, um, one is, obviously, this is also a very popular scene, but Jamie's scene in the bathroom with, with uh, Brienne. In, with Brienne oh, in, in the, just, it generally just can't believe how well that scene holds up and how powerful it still really is and where we really get to see the real Jamie Lannister, you know, mm. up to this point. Time. For the first time, we the mask is, is peeled back and we kind of... Yeah. And she calls him the the Kingslayer, and then he corrects her and says, "My no, my name is Jamie." When he's yeah, sort of half passed yeah. out, just just. And Nikolai uh, Costa Waldo really announcing himself, like he had been good up to that mm. part, but really and showing yeah, himself yeah, to be one um, of the best actors in the Gwendolyn show. And Gwendolyn Christie and and Nikolai Costa Waldo just acting their absolute socks off. Oh yeah, fantastic chemistry those two. Like mm-hmm. like honestly, so believable all the time. Um, another great moment in the show that I felt was is kind of really underplayed, but I I really liked it was um. When after just after the red wedding, it's on season three finale, we see Rob Stark's body is um brought out, um, yes, with, the, with, with his, with his um, dire wolf's head, head cut on onto, top. stitched on, and you see this Dreadful. this kind of even something that the hound can't even look at. This is so despicable. Yeah. Even yeah. even a man of who's who's mm. seen everything that he's seen can't yeah. even bear to watch it. Like the the yeah. power in that moment is is pretty unrivaled. Um, also, quick shout out to the final season where um. Tyrion oh, and John the- in the cell, just talking. that's amazing. I yes. love all the conversations. I mean, I mean, the mm. old, one of the all-time great scenes is with um, Joffrey and Tywin and um, Tyrion at, at, yes. at the at the council what, table. What was it um, was a man? A man who says no. That's a man who <laughs> says I am the king is yes. no true king yet. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is a great scene, and oh. uh, you know everything with just Tywin being Tywin. Hundred percent. Just Tywin owning. We a stand scene. Tywin. But yes, the scene I was going to mention though is um with when Tyrion goes to see Jamie and Cersei for one last time and we get that one last yes. redux of the Reigns of Castamere mm. and Raymond Joandi's music has just been incredible throughout but that was a real highlight for me Tyrion's trial Tyrion's well. trial yeah Another just like one. just a side note but honestly the sound production in Game of Thrones is yep. incredible always has been Raymond like, Joandi I don't know where they found this guy uh, <laughs> honestly but. even like I remember in the first episode of this season when they're like walking through um, it's just before the other Night's Watch guy that dies. Ed. Yes, when Ed is like, Double oh, he's sense. got blue eyes. Um, but like when they're walking through and like the footsteps and the wind, it's like, mm. it's just everything is so oh, perfect. When they're in the last Agreed. half, oh. right? That's what you're talking about. When yes. yes. And, yeah, all, and all the themes that they've mixed together, like I like oh, how man. creative they've been with the theme mixing, mm. like mixing yeah. the Stark and the Targaryen yes. themes yes. whenever Jon is around and Daenerys. Yes. Can I shout out Reigns of Castamere just as a mm-hmm. track? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in yes, general. Absolutely. It's incredible. And like as a, as a bit of in-universe lore as well, just being about Tywin. And yeah. about mm. him fucking up. Sorry, more swearing. Um, <laughs> the, the 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 house rain yeah. and obviously mm. the, that. I wish that they touched on that in the show because if somebody has only ever watched the show and mm. not read, they did the retell. They do tell the story. Do in, they tell in the story? Season three, I think it is. Yeah, really. I need yeah. to rewatch that. I don't recall. It's actually a really good scene. Okay. Um, yeah. Wait, okay. uh, jog my memory. What's the Reigns of Castamere? Basically, Tywin's father being the absolute opposite of Tywin and Tywin an idiot and coward, and yeah. like a coward. Yeah. Um, basically, um, uh, who was it that was kidnapped? Somebody was kidnapped by the Reigns. I can't remember exactly who was kidnapped, but yeah, the Reigns were kidnapped, and Tywin kind of pulled up his socks and was like, "Oh, well, listen, I'm going to go do this." And yeah. essentially, mm-hmm. he just destroyed an entire house. He went Daenerys on them. Oh yeah. yes, yes, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, who was kidnapped? It was. Was it his, was it his wife? It was Tywin's. Her sister. It was Tywin's. Um, 
might have been, a, might have been a cousin or something. Like, something like that. Remember. Yeah, it was a family member but was kidnapped. It, it, it just goes to show, you know, how great of a character Tywin is that yeah. he has an entire song written about just how he just completely destroyed yeah. <laughs> an entire family. What about you, Sabrina? What are your f- kind of favourite moments and Oh, it's so hard to characters? decide, honestly. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, obviously there, there are the standout, like, Red Wedding and, I mean, the ones that my mind immediately jumps to are the ones where I was horrified. Yeah. Like the... Um, the Purple Wedding. That's what Game of Thrones does best, right? The Ned Stark beheading, oh, the yeah. Purple and the, Wedding. the I... Thing. Oh, Oberyn's oh, death! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh! I was yeah. I was re- try retching when I saw oh my, that in the in the um last episode when the um oh, yes. starts doing yeah. it and I was like oh my god I literally I mean, can't watch this. Move, so is. Game oh. Ball as a whole actually is right up there with one of my favorite oh, scenes. Is they talk about mm. things that paid off. Uh, yeah. So can you name perhaps a favorite season, Sabrina? Is that possible? Oh, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, I don't. I just I just really think a lot of them are so well planned and yes. I don't know. It's really hard to decide because, like, okay, I don't know. I have such fond memories of okay. so much of it. You would say the early, though, if you were to generalize. I think definitely, yeah. definitely okay. the early. Maybe so, not season one, yeah. but like. Yeah, a few people think that the production four. design. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Well, look, I think yeah. I think two to four is where they really reach. Like, it's where yeah. they're creating the. Yes. they're getting more yeah. of the money, and they're it's where the acting. As I said, that's pay. when the budget and the production quality and the story all mm. kind of peak. It's also before yeah. they kill off all of the the really interesting yeah. characters. characters. Yeah, yeah, for sure, and they have to like cast a bunch of new. You know, and they have to rely to on mix. people like Daenerys and Jon, who I have no real quarrels with. I like but them aren't as the characters, strongest. but they're not the strongest character. They're not like they are very. They're your typical fantasy okay. characters. They're so on, people we've seen before. But on I don't that think note. There's, a, there's necessarily an issue with um, going with the with the archetypes. No, like, I, I think yeah. I think it adds. I think part of the the charm. As long as you Game defy the archetypes as much as you. Yeah, but I think part as long as you give us something that we haven't well seen before, you have is, to offer something new. I think yeah, I think part of the charm with Game of Thrones is that it, it kind of offers us the. Uh, the general stuff that we kind of everyone looks for and that's kind of the joining features but everyone's like oh yeah yeah i've seen this i know this that's totally fine yeah but as you said it also does subvert it a lot of the time which you know can also yes be really yeah, interesting be really good so on the note of what we're kind of getting into territory that we didn't like does anybody have a least favorite character not in terms of acting how they are bad or good but in terms of lack of development unearned accolades and then maybe perhaps a least favorite season episode or moment or just anything that you that you didn't like i I mean honestly i i'm kind of really angry about the start and just kind of the development that was just completely ignored in this latest season yes um specifically Bran? Uh, Bran, Daenerys. Yes, everyone. The, everyone <laughs> in everyone? this season. Because like, okay. I remember I had this moment with Daenerys, which I told you guys about earlier, where I'd just come from watching Me Before You and I was like, oh my God, I love Amelia yes. Clark. She's such a cutie. And I was expecting Daenerys to be similar. And I think this was season seven, like start Six, of season seven. seven. Okay, yeah. Um, where she's peak chain breaker and Yeah, she's hero. like, she's mean. Yeah. And I remember watching that and I'm like, oh shit, okay. She's a really mean character. <laughs> And then I was like expecting that yeah. this season. I was like, yeah, she's going to be awful. Like, yes, she's with John, but she's still going to be her strong, she, mean, yeah. kind of insane person. And then she started off really yeah. bubbly and kind. And really sweet. And, and then I'm like, just flipped. oh, okay, we've had a major character development in between yes. the last two seasons, but Such that's okay. Such an abrupt change, right? Yeah. yeah, and then she goes back to being Mad Queen. And I'm like, what's yes. the point of having her be sweet and innocent? And like, yes. you know, she has that moment with Sansa where she's not exactly nice, but... 
they yeah. have they have a moment and well they try sweet. to get on for the better of yes. the and then it's like what's the point of having that conversation of having those start scenes if you're not going to respect that and yeah. And you know. Yeah, I, th- I think there's a very clear misstep with Daenerys. There, this is something Definitely. I mentioned to you guys before. I think that, in my opinion, the mistake was always making her so likable um, mm. to like a general audience because I felt like yeah. this was. I feel like everyone involved with the show always knew this was where Daenerys was going to end up. Right? It's 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 quite clear. This is where kind of Daenerys was always supposed to end up. So I think that the mistake yeah. was kind of making people fall in love with her too much because you're asking a bit too much for people to yeah for all of a sudden um to accept to, to, be, to be able to saying. accept it yeah i mean yeah. like there are people who will be able to do that because they kind of like understand like game of thrones is a bit can be like that but yeah. it's when you're talking about such a wide audience as we've reached like you're never going to get yeah. everyone dissatisfied and obviously no, we can't we can't really talk on the contextual sort of reasons for why that happened i think it's very easy for us to continually lay the blame at Dan and Dave's door and they do hold a lot of responsibility for some of the less good parts of the show but I think that perhaps some more insistence from George on the fact that Daenerys needs to be more controversial and less mm. likable yeah. the fact well, that she was so widely beloved I also think I, don't, I mean I don't think I have a problem with her being kind of like well loved in the earlier seasons if there hadn't been that switch at the start of this season i suppose so because then because i would have gone in with it being like okay well no i know she's gonna go insane like her dad but i just just having that switch i'm just i'm so angry about um, it we need the burn we needed the burn of her slowly start to exactly because obviously Tyrion and i think they kind of redeemed it slightly with Tyrion's speech to john when he spoke about she burned the carls and everyone was okay with that yes absolutely her then she burned the slavers of marine and Mm -hmm. they were slavers and that's fine Mm -hmm. had she started to and i think that they got that right when she burnt the tarly uh um what's his name um dickon and yeah Yeah. sam's randall and sam randall and dickon yeah Yeah. like that was they were definitely her enemies Mm -hmm. but they didn't need to die and Mm -hmm. that was very much so the right direction but we needed more of that exactly we needed her to do that a few more times and progressively get worse to the point where she does burn king's landing and that yes. needed to happen she needed yep. to go crazy she needed to murder a million no, absolutely. Old people absolutely because um, it would have been too much of a happy ending if for sure if yeah if they had got she's married just on the and throne. they're like sitting on the throne and they have yeah. all their little babies and it's yeah. so cute also the, the, you know, there's some there's some interesting context for like what her journey has been about a, a lot of people have drawn comparisons to how she's actually quite similar to the British conquest of Africa, but really. And if you're supporting like her conquest, yeah. you're really supporting. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, why I think a lot of Daenerys fans are quite angry with this season um, is because of the, the abrupt change and mm. the fact that, that she was there to quote John, she was their queen um, <laughs> kind of thing. Um, so yeah. Um, but so what we, we were talking about least favorite. So definitely agreed. Mm-hmm. I want to say that my most disappoint disappointment in the character was the Night King. Definitely, he could have yes. been so he could have been up there with Darth Vader, Voldemort, oh, yeah. some of the best villains of all time. Yeah. Instead, we just got he wants to kill Bran for some unknown reason. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets no further than Winterfell, and then he dies to Arya, who didn't um, didn't deserve it. Part of me kill. wonders if George is holding on to something with the Night King, something that he kind of didn't want 
the I mean, show to have. Did you guys hear mm. the? I don't know if this is true, but there was this theory that Bran is the Night King. Bran is the Night King. Yeah. Yes, and I loved that theory. I was yeah. a, I was a big subscriber to that yeah. theory yeah. as well. Him walking into that guy who was yeah. being turned into the Night King. Yeah. Yes. But I, I suppose yeah. we might find out in the next spin-off because isn't there going to be one about before? There's going to be, be a first winter. four or five spin-offs. Yeah. I think. I think one of them is going to be about the first winter and the Long Night. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the Long Night, Night King actually. Yeah. Beginning. I would like. To, I would like that, and I think mm. that. That and Dance Dance with the Dragons yeah. are going to be my two favourite spin-offs. I'm still holding out for Robert's Rebellion, yeah. personally. <laughs> Robert's Rebellion's fun, but I think that, that having covered that quite extensively in mm. the show... Yeah, talking about it, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. a difference between talking about it and seeing it. But yeah, yeah I take your point. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely down for a Dance with Dra- the Dance of Dragons. Dance of the Dragons is in the book Fire and Blood. It's one of the best parts of the book. It makes up a good, I want to say, third of the yeah, book. It's, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, just even um, over, I would say. Yeah. yeah, even over than that. And it's just, it's just such... There are so many compelling characters that would be delightful to see on screen. And it really gives you a, a good insight into um, the Targaryens as yes. well. And the fact that there is no real discernible good or bad side to be on. As someone who hasn't read the Fire and Blood, you'd like blood. to avoid spoilers. <laughs> Uh, is there a way to give me kind of a rundown without spoilers? Essentially, imagine a Targaryen civil war. Essentially, to, it's essentially about yes. the, the the lineage and killing off of most of the dragons. So this oh. is what this is what happened to the dragons and kind okay. of yeah. and how, yeah. how, how they all how the Targaryens lost the dragons through fighting each other. Essentially, yeah. Um, okay, love that, love that. Yeah, I would say yeah. for my least favorite character is actually the High Sparrow. Really no, didn't buy into that, that storyline a lot. Um, um, on his forehead thingy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. It's big, big mistake on. Um, Lionel Lannister. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. There was, I think it was this big mistake on Cersei's part. I think that I get where the show are coming from with the whole storyline. I just, I just found it very tedious. The storyline was really weak in the books as well. It was. Yeah. And th- this is where they didn't have a lot of great source material to draw, from my opinion. Yeah, I, I appreciate maybe. the religious factor. And mm. I think that it is a realistic kind of progression of what's happening yes. um, in that city. Um, I just, yeah, just, just didn't buy into it. Though I think that it did pay off pretty spectacularly when Cersei blew it <laughs> up. Blew yeah. it up. Um, yeah, it, was it was quite satisfying. That was a magnificently shot and scripted oh, yeah. episode. That episode is one of the best episodes of television. Oh. That episode definitely made me cry. Wow. Like, I mean, I've done a lot of crying for the whole whole series. For the whole of Game of Thrones. But like yes. that, yeah, that made me cry. So it was almost worth it in the end. Um, to see the High Sparrow kind of and all of Cersei's enemies yeah. in this yeah. one spot in this yeah. one convenient location for her to yeah. destroy so it does pay moment, off in some way that moment where Marjorie realises and it's yeah. too late what's going to happen and it's oh. too late she can't that get is out. heartbreaking yeah. and you, yeah. just, you, you, you want Marjorie Cersei. to get out oh yeah yeah and even Loras yeah, I feel bad for Loras as well especially it's like I think that's the thing with Game of Thrones is so many of the deaths are so heartbreaking because so many of them are well some of the deaths some of the deaths are they're not deserved and it's like it's heartbreaking mm. like Marjorie's death wasn't deserved and I was sure. not and it's why it works it's it's yeah. why it works yeah. well, even, even the it's deaths like, of some of the people that you hate are still a little bit sad because yeah. Joffrey at the end obviously is one of the least you know yeah, least likeable but seeing characters. Cersei's reaction to that as and, well and seeing his friend he is just a child at the end yeah. of the day and even Ramsay Bolton's death is a little bit gruesome because he was torn apart alive by wild dogs. I mean, yeah. he's an evil person, but yeah. does anyone yeah. deserve that? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like it, <laughs> exactly, and that's part of the beauty of Game of Thrones. Even in their final moments, when they've done so much to wrong us, mm. you feel pity for them. Um, like yes. someone, even like Cersei, like crying. 
in you know as she's going out like mm. it's amazing how you can feel pity for this woman who's done well, so much to <laughs> I didn't to anger feel any us. pity for Cersei because I was in the final season I was I was very much team Lannister over team Targaryen yeah. in terms mm. of in terms of because I sort of foresaw Daenerys's evil turn yeah coming yeah. yeah and knew that cersei was probably the the although she's a vindictive and as Tyrion said he said you know my father and my sister were evil people mm. but pile up every single person that they've killed and over yeah. a lifetime wouldn't people. be half as many as our queen killed in a single day yeah. so it's like you yeah know, you, you, it's interesting how with uh, looking back with hindsight you can see the development of these characters and ex- exactly yeah. and it's kind of interesting to you know you can't put your faith in a dynasty. I think that's a fantastic message yeah. to take away from the throne and obviously from the throne, from the Game of Thrones. And yeah. to have the final message be, we are going to choose our king mm. is interesting. Based on based on rights instead of like, and in their yeah. beliefs yeah. rather than lineage, which is yeah. a strong message. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think let's talk quickly about like, our relationship like how how are you feeling about the end of it and then you know everything that happened i suppose Mm. as a a quick sum up well like obviously we've sort of chatted about some of the scenes and episodes being quite formative to television but as Mm. far as it's affected me as a as a creator and as a person Mm. i mean i started watching game of thrones when it first aired in 2010 Mm. i would have been 2011 2011, was it okay i would have been about 14 Mm. 14 15 um, and I, yeah, I, ju- I just remember watching that first episode and being utterly blown away by the both the, spe- the grand spectacle and the intimate character moments. Mm. And Scope. And, and yeah, and it just yeah. leaving an indelible mark on me as a writer. And that's when I really started to gain an interest in, in writing and, and content creation was around that time in Game of Thrones, the TV show, and then later picking up the books after I finished the first season and reading the four books that were, that were out at the time. Love that, yeah. Um, leaving an almost indelible mark on mm. my creative uh, process so. yeah yeah i i agree i think i think it's been so important for me as a as a formative storyteller um i think the main legacy that it will leave on me is the way that it subverted expectations and it didn't mm-hmm. it didn't give a shit like yeah george yeah. R., the way that george R. R. martin kind of nonchalantly um like ta- tore apart and then breaks them exactly yeah. um if, for example you know the whole journey of rob stark being like he is he was really the kind of ideal prince like yeah. he, he's your very traditional character that like his father is killed and that he must go avenge his father yeah. and yeah. to see that and he never gets that chance never gets that yeah. chance um chance. it's quite a subversion and i just yeah I'm, I'm just so glad that i was alive to ha- to kind of experience this as it's unfolded and yeah i'm i'm really gonna miss it like i think that it's gonna oh, be yeah. a long time before we get a fantasy television show at least or film series that is gonna be yeah. as influential oh, yeah and yeah. it'll be as up to as high a standard as this show has set its standards at times yes. i think it'll yeah. be a long time yeah, before no, we say that again yeah i mean i i started watching them i think after season four had just been finished mm-hmm. um so i was like playing catch up but yeah. I, I just i think i'll definitely keep in mind um like the things that i loved which are the really real characters that even though they're so evil you still feel things for them and yeah. i love that but yeah. there are obviously <clears throat> also things that i'm gonna be watching out for to not do yeah. like ignoring story arcs yeah. and, so, and, and some things on, to learn so there and rushing, rushing your final two seasons yes. so that you can move on to make a Star Wars trilogy yeah, yeah. yeah. whoops yeah 
Um, yeah. Okay. Well, let's. Uh, that's kind of it for Game that's of Thrones. Game I'm of thinking. Thrones chat. I think. Um, yeah. Well, people that have kind of joined this podcast, you know, seeking out a Game of Thrones mm. um, discussion. Yeah. I guess. I guess now would be a great opportunity for us to, to just. To talk, talk about to talk ourselves about what, what we are well look we're um yeah. we're three uh, we kind of touched on it slightly in our trailer but we're three university friends we st- we study at the same university and um, we've kind of come together to make this little treat um as kind of a side <laughs> project um and obviously every this isn't a game of thrones podcast mm-hmm. obviously we not just, specifically no. not specifically um, we have made our first episode a Game of Thrones special. Mm-hmm. If you've not been paying attention for the last fifty-five <laughs> minutes, then. Um, but yes, uh, we we sort of want to um, pr- bring, I think, every fortnight uh, a nice chat about pop culture and what we're interested in, yes. because we're all very much interested in all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, have you guys anything to add to that or to say? I guess yeah, the the format will ch- will be very different in the next episode. Yes, and we're really excited, and hope you guys can join us because we're going to have yes. a lot to discuss um, about pop culture landscape as a whole and kind of what we've been enjoying. Um, one thing that we will specifically be talking about next week, oh next, not sorry, next week, next, next fortnight, next episode, yep. um, is our review section, which we're going to yes. be doing a fortnightly review on a piece Holy of content review. that one yeah. of us suggests. The mm-hmm. other two will. Watch it or read, watch it, it, or read it or experience consume it, it. consume it yeah. in whatever format that it is, and um, and we'll have a really good group discussion about what it what yeah. it is and if we liked Definitely. it or disliked it, and yeah. yeah, and we'll be alternating between the three of us as to which uh, book, movie, television series that we're going to be talking about. We'll have a little review section, so I'm quite excited for that actually. Yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah, um, cool. Too. I think we're. Um, have we decided what the next one is? Sex education? I think we might be doing sex education, which is yes. your your yeah. review, yes. Sabrina. Yes. So Sabrina, you can uh, give us a brief little yeah because yeah, i haven't so seen it at all oh so. it's fantastic i have seen it so yeah. i'm already up to date i am only five episodes in because i've got so much going on yeah. um but essentially it's about this boy whose mum is a sex and relationship therapist right and kids at school find out and then he starts giving sex and relationship <laughs> therapy to kids at school nice um while also not being able to even um Masturbate. masturbate himself yep. oh god <laughs> so, uh, so there's a little bit of yeah and it's, so it's funny should we preface this with an adult content <laughs> <laughs> for next Definitely. time probably yes um, oh. yeah and it's got like okay. some great actors in it got Asa Butterfield who okay, was nice. in um, Ender's Game Excellent. Hugo Boy in Striped Pajamas Boy in Striped Pajamas that's a big one yeah um, yes Yes, it was a very talented cast. Excellent. And well, it, it's it's a great show, and yeah, it's going to be a really good discussion, I think. Yeah, definitely. definitely. I will make sure I've watched it before next episode, I promise. No Perfect. worries, great. <laughs> Excellent, wow. Okay, that's all we've got time for this episode. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at AnyEveryPodcast and Instagram at AnythingEverythingPodcast. I'm Sabrina. You can follow me on Instagram at Sabrina.Wyatt. I'm Tom, and if you want to find me on Twitter, it's at MrThomasLB. And I've been Stephen, and you can follow my ramblings and thoughts on Twitter at Mr. Stephen James underscore. Alrighty, thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time for our first regular episode. Thanks, guys. See ya.